What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the College Football Degenerates Podcast. And of course, I'm here with the co-host, the legend, the degenerate Georgia fan, Michael. <laughs> How you doing today? How you doing today? I'm feeling good, man. Um, we had a great week of college football last week. Uh, this week, you know, some people have been talking about, is it a good week? Is it a bad week? Maybe it's not the best week. Maybe people are looking ahead to week four, but I'm here to say any week with college football is a good week. Amen to that. Amen to that. It is kind of crazy, though, because like week three might be one of the worst slates of the year and week four is just absolutely insane. I mean, I don't want to get into it. That That's for another episode. There's too many good games week four to get into. But, Michael, we we have some big news. Should I tell the people? I think you should. I think you should. They need to know. They're going to be excited, I too. Ladies and gentlemen, the college football degenerates have a sponsor. So for the first time ever, <laughs> for the first time ever, and I didn't think I'd be able to do this for a very long time. I would um I would like I would like to restart all of this. Um Michael, are you okay if I restart this for a second? All right, all right. Okay. <clears throat> this is another edition of the College Football Degenerates podcast. This episode is sponsored by Appliance Outlet. Appliance Outlet is a family-friendly appliance store in the Virginia in the Virginia area. They can meet all your appliance needs, and we are thankful that they that they want to put their faith in this podcast because you know what, Michael, I wouldn't put my faith in another one. To be honest, <laughs> all right. And moving on from that, just another big thing: me and Michael are getting very close to finishing the design for the College Football Degenerates merch. And let me just say. It's going to be fire. I don't want to give anything away, but Michael, Michael, how do you feel about it without, without giving anything away? Uh, I think the people, the listeners, the audience, everyone that's listening to this right now, y'all are going to be excited, man. Uh, it's truly an honor to have y'all listening and all the support. I mean, the, the sponsorship, man, that's crazy. But the fact is that merch will be on the way. Y'all are gonna be excited, man. I, oh, it's gonna be great. Uh, so make sure you uh, you stay tuned for the merch. And remember what I said last episode. If y'all missed it, we will be giving away a piece of merch. We'll let you know more about that in the coming episodes. But to be entered in the giveaway, you need to be following the socials at College Football Degenerates. Make sure you do that. To enter yourself for this uh, merch giveaway. Uh, it's going to be amazing, guys. Uh, man, can't believe it. It's going to be great. Yeah, um, as excited as we are, we, we have business to get to, Michael. And yes, I think it's time we recap week two of college football. Michael, I, I don't think there's there's any other way we could start it without talking about Texas versus Alabama. Give me your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, man, it, it's crazy, the world we're living. Texas, if you didn't believe already, they are officially back. Texas is back. This was a huge win for Texas. Uh, Quinn Ewers looked very good, especially coming down the clutch. You know, once Alabama, they like, you know, it was very iffy. Like, Texas felt like they were the better team for most of the game. And then Alabama took the lead. Uh, and so many times especially in recent years, I've seen this where, especially as a Georgia fan, where the other team, opposing team, will outplay Alabama for a good deal of the game, and then it's not enough, and then Alabama will just strike back, boom. But what did Texas do in Quinn State? Boom, march down. Uh, they got that massive touchdown, and they kept on putting up points. Man, it was crazy. Texas is officially back. Quinn Ewers looked amazing. Uh, their defense looked good. Uh, man, how can you not be ecstatic? I mean, if you are a Tex fan, you are on cloud nine right now. It is crazy. Uh, this is the best that y'all have ever been in recent years. Uh, the most exciting 
excited y'all have probably ever been. Um, and it's crazy to think about. Um, so yeah, Toby, uh, before we talk about Alabama, which is what a lot of people have been talking about, you got any thoughts about Texas? You know what? I'm actually, I do. And the biggest thought I have on them besides Quinn Ewers and how well coached it was, I actually am a big Sark fan. I'm glad he got a really big signature win. And I want to talk about, which I think it was episode one or two of the podcast. I think it was one. We were talking about our quarterback rankings and why I had Ewers where I did. I think I had him seven. I'm not for sure. All of that to say, I said it for this reason, and I still stand by this. I said that episode, before the season even started, I said Texas has the best wide receiving core in the nation. All right? Let's Let's just look at it, okay? Xavier Worthy. One touchdown. Adon- Ad- Adonis Mitchell, two touchdowns. Jatavion Sanders, I think he had like seven catches for 110 plus yards. And that that one play where he kept on breaking all those tackles. That oh was my crazy. gosh. And then actually, um, Texas's running back room is surprisingly not too bad. You know, they, they, they can, and that offensive line played well too. And you said, you know, what, what are your thoughts on Texas before I get into Bama? I think this ties into them both. The difference is, and I haven't been able to say this in a long time, Texas has more talent at the skill positions and where it counts than Alabama. I don't think it was Nick Saban's fault coaching. I don't think that at all. The talent is not there anymore for Alabama. The quarterback talent especially. I mean, Jalen Milrow had a fine game. Might even play running back one next week. We don't know what's going to happen. But Texas has the talent this year. I think they're going to make a really, I think they're going to make a run to the college football playoff. I might, I might go ahead and say it. You know, I said uh, we're going to talk season. about that later. We're going to talk about that later. Absolutely. But, but Michael, what are your thoughts on Ben? Where do you think they went wrong? Do you think it was the lack of talent? Do you think it was the coaching of the game? What do you think? Uh, I mean. T- you know, when I talked about Alabama earlier this season, and this was bef- like in, uh, this was the first episode. This is when they were bur- like a little bit before they were talking about um, how Alabama was going to go and do the murder ball is what they called it. Like their old school stuff with offensive wise. Because if you look through the off season for Alabama. It, there's different like eras. And the first, you know, and this was even in the last season, it was like, oh, Ty Simpson is the guy. Oh, Ty Simpson this, Ty Simpson that. Ty Simpson will be the starter. Don't worry about Milrow. We know he's not that good of a thrower, but it's going to be Ty Simpson. And then you get to the spring game, and Ty Simpson didn't look good, and Milrow looked better. And then Alabama, they're like, oh, uh, hey, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, please uh, decommit. Uh, please transfer from Miami and come to Alabama. Please, please, please. Uh, hey, Drake May, please, uh, you know, transfer from North Carolina. Come back to Alabama. I know you were committed to us beforehand, but you decommitted. We could really use you right now. But, oh, no, no, no. Uh, and then who did they get stuck with? Uh, no, no Drake May, obviously. Uh, if they had Drake May, they would have won uh, on Saturday. Uh, uh, no Tyler Van Dyke. They would have won if they had him. He played amazing uh, this Saturday. No, they get Tyler Buckner, the backup at Notre Dame. He's the guy that they get stuck with. And then like, oh, well, it's good. Buckner's going to be the guy. Well, no, Buckner's not the guy. Uh, well, then we just start here. Ty Sims. Ty- nope. Okay. Oh, well, now it's Milrow. And when I made that episode, it was kind of pulling away from Milrow. And right when it came to Milrow, it was like, oh, well, Milrow doesn't need to throw the ball a bunch of times. Oh, Milrow, all this, all that. Um, and Milrow is an elite runner. And you know what we're going to do? We're just going to run the ball. Offensive line is just so much better than everyone else's. No one's going to have a defensive line better than ours. And our running back room is so amazing. I mean, it's the greatest running back room ever, you know, all this and that. And I said, I think their offensive line is going to be good. I don't think their offensive line, I think their offensive line is going to be better than last year's. I don't think it's going to be enough to be this murder ball. Very questioning if they had the running backs to do it. There's no Mark Ingram on this team. There's no Derrick Henry. Uh, There's no uh, Najee Harris. There's no running back that could run you over. 
like that on a consistent basis that you're like, this is a Heisman contending running back. I was never the biggest fan of Jace McClellan. I thought Jace McClellan is a solid back, but just not the, um, just not like a guy that's a difference maker at the University of Alabama. I think there's plenty of Jace, of, um, Jace McClellan's in college football, if I'm being honest. He's pretty decent running backs that are just nothing crazy. And then Roy Dell Williams. I mean, he's, Rondell Williams isn't anything special. I mean, you, you see, he's got a he's got a pacifier for a mouth unit piece. That's what he's wearing. I mean, come on, man. Oh my gosh. You, oh my you, gosh. We thought this, you know, and I told you earlier then that if if they were going to do this murder ball, that they would need a running back who would. Put fear in him. And the only guy who has done this is Justice Haynes. Justice Haynes, a true freshman. He looked good in that Middle Tennessee State game. Do you know how many carries he had against Texas? Zero. He had zero carries. Zero carries. Wow. He didn't get onto the field despite being the best running back talent wise, in my opinion. And when I watched the Middle Tennessee State game, he was their best runner, not named Jalen Bilrow. And I said that if I if Alabama wanted to win the SEC, wouldn't make the college football playoff. I said even if they want to beat Texas, they can't let their their best rusher be Jalen Milrow. Well, lucky for Alabama, Jalen Milrow, <clears throat> if you include sack yardages, was not their best runner. He had forty four yards. Jace McClellan had forty five. Hey, yippee! That made such a big difference. Uh, you know, I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe that they had the running back room like to go out and do that. I didn't think they had the offensive line in Texas, who had an underrated defensive line, which I talked about at times. I thought it, I said this is going to be something I think they're going to improve on from last year, but it's going to be a big thing. They were better than what I thought they'd ever be. They dominated this Alabama defense, this Alabama offensive line. Simple as that. And Jalen Milrow is an elite athlete. He has a great arm. He cannot read the field at all. Yeah, Those that, first interceptions, pick was, that first pick was awful. And even the I mean, last pick, too. They were terrible. I mean, he's just staring down either a receiver or just a, a portion of the field. I mean... You know, the fact that also Ty Simpson and uh, Tyler Buckner did not get on the field in this game, they didn't see a single snap. They were like, oh, well, let's see what they can do at quarterback. That should be alarming if I'm an Alabama fan. Either Nick Saban doesn't have, doesn't have, you know, I, you know, I don't know what you say, the, the faith the in quarterback to switch their quarterback. Or they just suck. Well, actually, no, actually, hold on, Michael. I actually do want to interrupt you real quick because okay. um, I just want to say I know Nick Saban has the balls to do it because one of my fondest memories was actually in um, the national championship yeah, when he switched yeah, yeah. to, to Itagovalia and they, they beat Georgia in overtime. And me personally, yeah. that was one of my favorite moments. But, but keep going. Go. Yeah, which, I mean, granted, obviously, we all know that game was rigged. But the <laughs> point is... Uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, either Nick Saban is not the guy he used to be, which is not good. And I, I still think he has it in him, obviously. Or what likely is, and what I said earlier in this offseason, is Alabama's quarterback room is terrible. I said that Georgia had two better quarterbacks than anybody on that Alabama roster when I talked about Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff. And I want to come here and apologize. They actually have three. Gunnar Stockton would have been the starter for Alabama. He's better than all he's better than all of them as well. I mean, is either that or, you know, Ty Simpson, you know, like he doesn't have faith. I don't know. Maybe we see them play later in the season. And if they end up being really good, then you have to ask, well, why didn't they start earlier? I don't know. Also, another thing is, you know, all the penalties. I thought with Alabama team, you know, Alabama's usually supposed to be the most disciplined team. 
you know, with all the coaching, all the talent, all that stuff. And, you know, another game where they had a lot of penalties. This happened last year as well in this game. What in the world? Also, one last thing before I get off this. It also applies to Texas, but you could argue definitely for Alabama and decent chance for Texas, at least. Maybe he's only the second best. Uh, if it wasn't for Georgia players transferring, man, what, where would these teams be? Man? Okay, let's let's end this. I, I, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> and moving on, moving say. on. Um, not that there's any chance there's a headline bigger than Texas beating Bama, but Michael, just a trivia question: What have we heard every year since I can remember? It, it's always in the summer. It's either is Texas back or there's another team. They say... Is Miami back? Yes, they do. And I think we can both agree. They are back. What a game from Tyler Van Dyke. What a game from this defense. Is Jimbo Fisher on the outs? Michael, I'm just going to start us off here by saying... I did not think Tyler Van Dyke had a game like that in him. After watching... Tyler Van Dyke, a little bit last year, I know he battled some injuries. I mean, this Miami team is for real. They, I mean, I know the score was close. It was close at times, but they really pulled away at the end. Um, I also think Jimbo Fisher got out coached. I mean, there was just so many things to look for as a Miami fan. I mean, Jacoby George, I mean, he put on a wide receiving clinic. Three touchdowns? Three touch? Are you kidding? I mean, it was crazy. You know, Michael, I'm interested. What are you, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, it's kind of, it's very weird. It's like for the longest time, Texas A&M has been the team that's been like their defense is really good. But it's like, man, if they had an offense, how how good of a team would they be? If they had a quarter. You know, Kellen Mullen for occasionally was that, and they almost made the college football playoffs. You know, now granted it was a COVID year, so take it as you will. But uh, the point is, if I am a Texas A&M fan, I don't know how to feel because they had that. Hunter Wegman looked quite good. You know, they actually have a quarterback. Their offense looked quite good. But out of nowhere, this Texas A&M team, has tackling issues, and they have really bad tackling issues. There was, like, multiple broken tackles, and there were so many times where Miami would, a receiver would get the ball in the middle of the open field, and then a defensive, so he'd go and he'd be there, you know, and then a Texas A&A defender, you know, usually a secondary member, would try and tackle him, and would just play miss. I mean, open field tackling, is it difficult to do? Yeah. It's not easy, but it takes time, and it takes practice, and it takes being a better athlete, you know? And this is something that Texas A&M used to be very good at, you know, defense, just tackling people. And now they don't, and, you know, fixing tackling issues is usually not something that gets better through year, through from week two to like week eight or something like that. Week one, okay, maybe because you're a little rusty. Week two, you know, I don't know. It's going to be iffy for uh, Texas A&M, to be honest. Uh, I don't know where they go through here. If I'm being honest, I think Texas A&M will be fine, probably, most likely. I don't think their defense will be as bad. I don't think it's going to be at the level where it needs to especially considering all the talent that's on that Texas A&M team on the defense, you know. It's just very weird. Um, I don't know where Texas A&M is going to go. But, man, Miami looked great. Tyler Van Dyke had probably his best game. I mean, this looked like the Tyler Van Dyke that closed two years ago. You know, when he was, you know, he was. this looked like the Tyler Van Dyke that was – um, you know, fourth and Heisman odds last year. You know, this is what people thought was going to happen. And, man, they look good. They look good. Miami is back, in my opinion. Man. Yeah, I, um, I agree. It was it was great to see Miami and Texas, two teams that, when they're doing good, it's just good for the sport. 
Um, I'm just going to name a couple more games, give a couple quick thoughts, just some main games, but um, I think we're going to go over them in the next segment, so um, we're not going to talk about them too much. Quick thoughts, Ole Miss versus Tulane. Ole Miss is really good this year, and boy, oh boy, does that kicker have a leg. A 56-yarder to steal it. I know they won by 17, but they were up by 7 at the time, and mm-hmm. ballsy move by Lane Kiffin to kick that. I don't think there might not be another team in the nation that really trusts their kicker to kick 56. Very few. He nailed it. I mean, I think that's going to be good for him late in games, especially in some close SEC games. Um, uh, I guess. Oh, the only know. the only thing that I have to say with that game is it's it was odd that you know that they got down so big early, and I feel like. I think everyone would agree. If Tulane had Michael Pratt, they'd probably win that game. Uh, or at least it's like they have a higher league. Because, I don't know, Ole Miss kind of struggled to run at times. Uh, now, they got some big explosive passing plays, but um, I don't know. I mean, Michael Pratt not being there made a big impact. But I think Ole Miss, I mean, they look good in that second half, I will say. I just have yeah. questions on. How much did Michael Pratt not being there? I agree. Um, three more things to just look at. Um, Oregon, close game with Texas Tech. Bo Nix looks good. Auburn's defense. No, no, one should be, no one should be surprised, though, because I told you that Texas Tech was going to play Oklahoma. I mean, Oregon close. I mean, that was a must-win situation. Or they had to play it as best as they could. I, you know, they might be 0-2, but I still – I still feel fine about Texas that, Tech. That seven I mean, and a half is totally going to hit. Zero and two, they lost to Wyoming. I mean, that's great. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the like rest of the Big Twelve. They got kind of an easy schedule. Rest yeah, but I mean, they couldn't beat Wyoming, so that doesn't mean anything. I, I, I don't think Wyoming's as good as some of those cake matchups in the Big Twelve, but right. But you know what? That's why we play the game any given <laughs> any given Saturday. That's no, why you're it's right. Well. You're and, right. Oh, I guess. And Texas Tech as a program is in a great spot too. They just land a five-star wide receiver. Okay. Oh, oh, hundred. Number one, number one, five, first five-star in program history. Okay. Number nine player in the country according to twenty-four-seven Sports. So Absolutely. they're in a great spot. I, I might, hey, y'all might be calling me a Texas Tech fan from now on. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um last thing, um, Auburn's defense. Last thing that really shocked me besides. The Appalachian State scare for North Carolina, but Auburn's defense also, might be the also, best in the SEC. Yeah, but for, don't ever say that again. They played Cal. No, I, 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 I think it might be better than Georgia's defense. Okay. I'm gonna say that right now. I've watched both defenses. This as of right now, as of right now, I think they might be. I, okay, whatever, Danny. It might be a little slow. Did you hit your head? Too hard to that. I don't know. Also, another thing that I need to bring up: App State versus North Carolina. They should play that game every year. That isn't that was that's an amazing game every single year. Absolutely. I mean, last year too. I mean, they scored almost more points in last year's fourth quarter than this past game. I mean, it, it's crazy. Every year, this game showed out again. Um. Yeah, I I agree. It was great. Um, Michael, are are we ready to get into our first segment? Oh. Also, one last game to highlight. People are gonna. Say whatever, you know, it's a group of five team one. Kansas State looked really good against Troy. And you might say whatever you feel about Troy. Troy coming into that game had the second longest active winning streak, only again only behind Georgia. And they look really good. I might also be a Kansas State fan too, but whatever. Uh yeah. Next segment. Overreaction yep. or just rep. All right. First one, Alabama's dynasty is dead. So, overreaction or not? Reaction, just about right. I'm going to say, shockingly, I'm going to say overreaction. I think for this year, I don't think Alabama's going to be as strong. I think the talent isn't really there. But as far as the dynasty goes, I mean, you saw the statistics. I mean, that was the first double-digit loss at home in 120-something games. I think they need to get a, a better quarterback next year. I think they need to recruit better. But no, I don't think the Alabama dynasty is over. 
I don't think they're going to even lose three games this year. Maybe they'll drop another one. Still just an all-around great team. Um, so, no, I'm going to say I'm gonna say that's an overreaction. All right. Okay. Uh, next one. Texas will go 12-0, win the Big 12, and make the college football playoffs. Overreaction, just about right. Oh. <laughs> Wait, say that one more time. I need to hear all the stipulations to this. Well, say that one more time. Texas will go 12-0, and win the Big 12, and make the college football playoffs. Hmm. You know, I'm going to say just about right. Um, they have some tough games left on the schedule, you know. I mean, if they follow in the Texas theme, they're going to lose to Wyoming next week. You know, keep it, keep it. No, I'm just <laughs> no um, but yeah, I think, I think they're better than every team they're going to play. Um, I think the hardest games left on their schedule are Kansas State and Oklahoma. I'm hoping they don't overlook Kansas because Jaden yeah, they Jaylen look good. They look yeah, good looked, on Friday. I know, Jaden Daniels <laughs> came back. You know, he, he looks he looks good. But um but yeah, I'm gonna say they do go twelve and 0 and win the Big Twelve. I think this is Texas's year to make a run to the playoffs, so I'm gonna say just about right. All right. Colorado is a legit Pac twelve contender. Ooh, that's a really good question. A legit Pac twelve contender. I wish I could say to be determined because I really don't know. I'm going to say right now overreaction because I really um, don't know. They definitely struggled at the start of that Nebraska game, and if Nebraska had any more of a competent offense, they would have at least made it a challenge. That offense is amazing. The defense makes plays. I just, I'm going to have to wait till week four when they play Oregon. Ask me again after that, maybe, but as of right now, I'm going to have to say overreaction. All right, that's fair. Uh, next what? Uh, Matt Rule is a fake, and he's overrated. Um, I'm going to say overreaction. I think you kind of have to play the cards you're dealt. I don't think either of the losses are really coaching mistakes. Um, you know the quarterback situation in Nebraska is awful. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't have even put the backup in either, and the starter. You know, like you were talking about. I think before the pod, is either before or during the podcast, you were like, you know, he's the reason that they do even decent in games, and he's also the reason they lose, and they don't have anyone yeah. else they can put in that spot. I will say, on the defensive side of the ball, I do like what he's doing. As much as they've lost by in the Colorado game, I mean, when your offense does nothing, and the other team has the ball the whole time, inevitably your defense is going to give stuff up. But as of right now, I am going to say it's a little bit of an overreaction. All right. Uh, next one. The SEC is washed. Mm. A lot of talk about the SEC. And you know what? I'm going to say, regarding this year, I'm going to say just about right. I right. I think the SEC, I mean, we, we've seen them against some other conferences, you know. I'm trying to even think of who I would even say the best team in the SEC is right now besides Georgia. No. Uh, besides I, Georgia I, I, yeah, yeah, besides Georgia, yeah. Um, yeah, besides Georgia, I mean, I wouldn't. Obviously, you got Alabama, but there's a lot of other just mediocre teams this year. I mean, LSU didn't have a great week one, but yeah, I'm gonna say just about right. I think the SEC's washed this year. And Tennessee, I mean, struggling against the, I mean, for a little bit with the powerhouse that is Austin Pay. I mean, they only put up 30 points too with what's supposed to be another great quarterback. I didn't, I didn't, I thought he was overhyped coming into the season, but. Um, yeah. yeah, they're definitely going to have to, you know, play a lot better to beat Florida. Florida's not crazy or anything, but you, you have to play a better game than they did versus Austin Pay. So, yeah, uh, I got three more. Uh, next, okay. Iowa will win the Big Ten West. Oof. That's a question. If you want me to, I can go over the Big Ten West teams just to refresh. It is. Um, it is Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Nebraska. I'm going to say 100% just about right. Minnesota, 
you know, they might be undefeated this year. I think they look very weak. They almost dropped that game to Nebraska. Illinois has little to no offense. Purdue, I think, could pick up a game here and there, but they don't even look that good this year. Wisconsin might make a little bit of a run, but I don't even need to talk about Northwestern or Nebraska. I think this is Iowa's to lose, and I honestly think they might win it while dropping a game, you know, a game or two, and I think they could still win it. I think the Big Ten West is going to be really bad this year. But, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll see Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. Uh, also, another thing that I, I find really uh, – it's funny. I mean, I, I mean, the real question is this is not – Question that we had. I'm gonna overreaction on it. I mean, is Brian Ferentz gonna make it to his number? Because if you don't know, he has to average 25 points per game for this season, or he will be fired. Now, it's very odd that for some ever reason, when making this. Um, when they came up with this policy, uh, he has to get to 325 points. And mind you, he is, what is he yeah, at? 44, 44, which is not good. And he's came up a short of 25 two weeks in a row. But for some other reason, they count defensive touchdowns towards that number. Like, what did Brian Ferentz have to do with that? He had nothing to do with the Iowa defensive back getting a pick six. Why is he getting credit for that? I don't know. Yeah, um, all right, next one. Uh, Cam Rising's injury is concerning. The second week without him coming back, and I don't know if we have any word if he's coming back for week three. Um, that's a concern. Are you asking me if the injury is concerning? Yes. You're talking about for the team or himself or for just for both? Uh, for the team, mainly. Oh, I mean, 100%. They almost lost to Baylor, who couldn't beat Texas State. And, you know, while this Utah team all around is super talented, you know, I actually do think they're going to sit Cam Rising again. I don't know if he couldn't go last week or if they just sat him because they thought they could beat Baylor, which, again, they did, mainly because Baylor handed it to him in the game with that awful pick. But they're going to play Weber State, blow them out. But... After that, playing UCLA Week Four, they're gonna need their QB. And when they get into you know conference play, the games he doesn't play, I mean UCLA, Oregon State, all in a row. The game he doesn't play, they're not gonna win. It's as simple as that. If they play like they did on Saturday, so I would just say, um, just about right. That is that is very concerning in my opinion. Yeah, uh, looking it up, it, the reports are saying that he is hopeful that he will be cleared for this week against Weber State. And my okay. final one is that Ohio State's quarterback battle is finished. You know, we had a talk throughout the season about it. There was some talk last week after, you know, Kyle McCord's struggles against um, the mighty Indiana. But he looked great this week. Uh, 14 of 20, 258 yards and three touchdowns to Devin Browns. 7 of 13, 101 yards. Do you think the quarterback battle is finished? Yes. That's a good question. Um, do I think it's over? Shockingly enough, I'd say no, in a sense, an overreaction for this reason. You know, Kyle McCord plays a Big Ten defense, struggles a lot, you know? Gets a bounce back week, gets back in practice, plays Youngstown State. I think when he plays another Big Ten defense, I think he's still going to struggle a lot. As much experience as he's getting in those first two games, you know, Western Kentucky this week, they play them. He's probably going to have another good week. But can he do it versus an elite defense? That's why, again, I just I, I want to talk about week four so badly. Like, it's going to be so good. He's going to have to play better versus that Notre Dame defense, which I don't know if he can. I don't know if Devin Brown do much better, but I'm not going to say, you know, it's, it's out of the question that they would bring Devin Brown in for a, a struggling Kyle McCord. You know, as far as the starter position goes, yes, maybe Kyle McCord has won that again. But I don't know if we're for the whole season. I think week four is going to be a big tell. Um, I'm interested to see your thoughts on this. But um, but yeah, I think um, I think it's still up in the air. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I kind of agree. I think it's close. He's kind of pulling away from it, but I don't think it's there yet. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Brown, you know, found some ground. And also, you know, I just think the fact that, like, 35-7 to against Youngstown State, that's just, you know, I don't know if, is 35 points enough to beat Notre Dame with... Uh, what we think of this Ohio State offense, I mean defense, excuse me, I'm not sure. Um, we'll have to see uh, if their defense um, can show up better than they did in the past against really good rushing teams, then it might be enough. But I don't know, I'd like to, I would have liked to see Ohio State score more than 35 points, if I'm being honest, yeah, against um... Youngstown State. I mean, they're not. It's not a lot like it's, better to see. I have to agree. It's not like it's a powerhouse, like a uh, ball state. Okay. Oh my god. This George scored forty-five points, and Ball State about beat uh, Kentucky last week. Uh, yeah, they were, they were it was leading um, for a good while. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. Kentucky, um, Kentucky is not looking at all what I thought they'd look like this no. year, and neither is Devin Leary. It's um, it's kind of sad, but um, yeah, yeah, that wraps up um. Overreaction are just about right, Michael. Are you ready for um? Are you ready for too much or not enough? I I believe I am. All right, Michael. Let's um. Let's just look at some some teams that went up, and I want to I want to talk about the big one. Texas moving from eleven to four. Do we think that's too much or not enough? Um, I think that's fair. Uh. I think four is where I have them. Not to spoil my list. Um, I think four is. Um, I w- I can't you know put Texas over a Georgia, Florida State, or Michigan. Um, so while four might like in years previous, you know, a win against Alabama would like shoot you up to one. We're not in the world where Alabama is one anymore. You know, Alabama last week. Where were they at? They were at, you know, three or four. They were three, I believe. Um, so you have to ask yourself, um, is beating, you know, number three team, you know? So while I would, you know, understand why Texas fans would say, oh, we should be higher than four, I understand. I think Florida State, Michigan, and Georgia are just better teams right now. Now, yeah, you know, there's um, more games to play. So I think four is a fair spot. How about you? I um I agree. I actually think they got this perfect. Um, I I definitely think they deserve to jump USC, OSU, Penn State, all of those that you could talk about. Um, yeah, I think I think they got it right. I don't have too much to say about it. Um, I was hoping they would land at the four spot, and um, the the committee knew what they were doing. Um, a little bit of an interesting one to move on to. Ole Miss moving up twenty to seventeen. Um question is too much or not enough personally i want to say not enough um you know you can say what you want about kansas state playing troy how well they played oregon state but the level of competition wasn't there i would have put ole miss i I don't want i don't want to say where i have them on my list but i would have i would have put them higher what do you think michael uh i'm gonna have to disagree i actually have ole miss a tad just a smidge lower than 17. I thought while getting the win, you know, at Tulane was, you know, going to be a really good win. I do think, as I talked about earlier, the lack of Michael Pratt being here in this game mattered. Um, simply put, uh, Michael Pratt uh, is a difference maker. I had him in my top 10 team, uh, top 10 quarterbacks earlier this year. I would still agree with that statement. I think. Michael Pratt is, I mean, you look at the game against, say, uh, USC last season. Michael Pratt was a big reason why they won that game, and I think Michael Pratt was their best player. And the fact that he was not in that game due to an injury, um, you know, really hurt them. And I thought the fact that when you look at this game, put Sean Junkins, who is a really good player, was held to 48 yards and 2.7 yards per carry. Against a two-lane defense that, I mean, I'm, it's good, but it's not, you know, Georgia. It's not Alabama. It's not 
uh, some of the SEC opponents that they'll play, if I'm being honest. Uh, I have questions. I think Quijon Junkins will bounce back. But I do think going up to 17, it's just a tad. Now, I don't hate it. I don't think 17 is a good spot. I just think it's a slight bit higher than what I have. And that's kind of how I'm doing this. That's fair. That's fair. I could see that. I disagree, but I, I could see where you're coming from, you know, with with the struggling early. Um, Moving on, um, we have Duke jumping all the way up to number 20. No, that's the wrong week. I don't know why I was right there. Um, We have Colorado moving up to 18 for 22. Too much or not enough? I'm going to let you go first on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand why Colorado is as high as they are. It's too high for me. I don't have them at 18. Um, they're, they're obviously having an amazing year. Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders are ridiculous. Uh, Dylan Edwards is also great. Um, I've, you know, they weren't able to really run it against a Nebraska defense that is good at rushing. Um, and I expected that, but you know they're able to get you know Dylan Edwards out of it. Uh, Jimmy Horn is a really good receiver as well. I mean, so Colorado has plenty of other guys, and there's plenty of other talented receivers. There's players on this team in general. Uh, they're a good team, but I just look at it, and I think right now, if they were to play Oklahoma, Oklahoma would pro- would win. If they were to play North Carolina, North Carolina would win. If they were to play Duke. Um, Duke would win if they were playing Miami. Miami would win. And I don't know you until know. you get to Miami, though, if you can say all those confidently. I really don't know, especially after the UNC team we saw last week. I don't think you can confidently say they'd win. I mean, maybe on paper, but I don't think it's as simple. No, no, as I mean, maybe, but I mean, I think the drop from uh, another thing I'll get to maybe if we talk about, I think the drop from North Carolina was a little bit too high. Sure, you can say, why did you want about App State? But I mean, that game, like, that was that's a, a borderline rivalry game right there. Uh, you tell the, I mean, you go and tell those App State people that, oh, you're just a Group of Five team and you're not really a rival. It just, I, that matters to those people. That that's a game that they had circled all year long. That that game mattered to them. And if I'm being honest, I, I don't know if they beat Iowa. If I'm being honest. Oh my gosh. Oh, let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. Oh. That Iowa defense is legit. Okay. That Iowa they defense that is game. crazy. They, that is. That I, I, I think that Iowa defense might be the second best defense in the nation. I mean, yeah, they're, no, they're it, that good. Um, it's pretty but, crazy. So um, the point is, at Colorado at like 18, I understand why. They're not, beat, they're not better than Oklahoma. They're just not. Uh, Say again now, Oklahoma. They did struggle against SMU, and I fully understand that. But that SMU team, do not sleep on them. They are a good team. Okay, oh, SMU yeah. is SMU, a good. There's a, good otherwise, they, uh, they've been good for a while. I mean, you don't get. I mean, that's not like they're inviting. The ACC is inviting them to um, into their conference for no reason. I mean. Is you know SMU is pretty decent, so that's how yeah, I feel I about Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, Colorado. Good team, a little bit high. How about you? Yeah, um, I think it's too much too. Not for the same reasons. As, well, sort of for the same reasons. Um, I have them. I guess I will just spoil this part for the sake of it. I have Colorado at twenty. I have Oklahoma and Duke in front of them, and I say that for this reason. And I actually think the question has to be asked because we all know the answer to it. First of all, before I say this, I am very big on Colorado this year. I love the team. Might be my favorite team to watch this year in college football, just because of how exciting everything is, you know. And this is this is not meant in a negative way towards them. But if Deion Sanders was not the coach of Colorado, and they had a different coach, and they performed the way they did these first two weeks, which again have been good, I think we can all agree Colorado would not even be ranked right now. So uh, yeah, there's a possibility. Maybe I can maybe see 25, 24 because again they did beat TCU, so I don't want to go that far. But yeah, I think 18 is too high. Um, kind of hope for the sake of them if they win this week and a couple other teams don't look too good. I just hope they don't get too overhyped and get put in the top 15, just because right now that'd be crazy. But yeah. I do think it's too much. But again, what Dion's done is unbelievable. It can't be overstated. 
I mean, he's completely changed one of the worst programs for the last decade, you know. And it's beautiful to see. Um, moving on to our, our last one, Sally, because there was not, besides what we've talked about already, there was not that much movement. Um, I think there, I think there's a big team we got to talk about. There's, there's a big team we got to talk about. I, I think I know who you're talking about. But before I get to them, um, for I don't, it's it's no one near the top. I'm assuming. I'm assuming you're talking about Alabama, right? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Okay, okay. We well, talk about Alabama. yeah. Before we get into them, I just want to say some notable teams that got into the top 25: Miami, Washington State, UCLA, Iowa. I think these are all justified. Miami. Nope. I I dare say you could have maybe put them over North Carolina. I mean, they look great, but I like where they're at. Um, really good. But yeah, moving on to our last our last one. Um. Alabama going to number 10. Um, oof, this is a tough one. Michael, too much or not enough. I am going to go first on this one. Okay. That's fair. Um, oh, my gosh. This is this is a really tough one. Um. See, it's hard because, like, I look at the teams that are around them, and there's no question Alabama's a better football team. But when it comes to the rankings, you know, I'm. <sighs> now you wanted to go first, that's. I know, so which I, would make I, you think I, I knew what I was talking about. You know, what, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna see what you say. See what you say on this. All one. right. Um, I personally think it's a little too high. I'm not gonna spoil where I have them. But it's lower than 10. And I'm not going to spoil who I have over them. Well, I'll spoil one, two. I don't understand how Oregon is below Alabama. Sure, did they struggle against Texas Tech? Yeah, on the road. Now, I told you that was going to happen. No one should be surprised that a Texas Tech team that had a very disappointing loss to a, in a game that they very much should have won against Wyoming. No one should be surprised when the game that was a very big one for them, their big non-con game, you know, was going to happen, where no one should be surprised that that game that was so important for them is now even more important that they're going to try and win. The fact that Oregon even won that game is crazy. I mean, it's the thing, if if there's one... Say like like saying I have plenty of college football sayings and just sports sayings in general, and I've used plenty of them on this podcast. But if there's one that I probably love the most, it's that good teams find ways to win. That's the thing. When you're you know your back's on the rope, you know boom boom boom, and you manage to win, that is a sign of a good team. And Oregon managed to do that. And simply put, whether you think it was good or not, you know, it wasn't a good win, obviously, but it was good that they won it. Now, Oregon has some problems that they're going to need to fix. And them losing that game probably made it harder for them to fix it because just how some people think and stuff like that. But the fact is that they're 2-0. and And they've looked, in my opinion, they look like they're better than Alabama. Alabama should drop. They don't look that good, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think 10 is too high uh, for where I personally have them. Just can't put them at 10. There's teams that have played and looked better. Would you say Alabama would beat them? Maybe, but I don't know. You know. So, yeah, um, I think Alabama is too high. But, you know, I don't hate 10, if I'm being honest. But I think it's too high. Um, I see where you're coming from. But I actually, um, I'm sitting in meet, meet, meet right in the middle. I think I think the committee got this one right. I like the ten spot form. You know, I just think it's perfect. You know, you could you could argue that they're better than some of the teams in, in in the top ten, but the performance hasn't shown it. But I wouldn't put a team like Tennessee or LSU over them or Kansas State no. just for obvious reasons. Uh, so don't you dare take Kansas State. Don't don't I don't know. LSU make sure you, already has make sure you watch hey make sure you watch the rest of the podcast so you can see our top twenty five. Okay, okay. I'm actually interested to see it, but um 
But yeah, and I um, can ex- I can explain everything too. I, uh, you know, it's this is none of this is arbitrary. I, you know, spent I meticulously came together to put this top twenty five. No, I um I have no doubt about that. I don't. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I uh I like where the committee um put it and um. Yeah, well, while we close things up, I definitely think we should both go through our top 25s, but, but, you know, usually what we would do before we get into our top 25 and before we close out an episode is preview the upcoming week. And I personally, let let me just tell you right now, let me just tell you right now to, to, to everyone listening, okay? South Carolina versus Georgia could be close for the first five minutes. All right, Georgia's probably going to win by like 40. Tennessee, Florida's like the game of the week. I mean, you know, Michael, you were talking about earlier before we even did the podcast. Pittsburgh versus West Virginia could be a good game. Week three, as said as I am to say, probably has, is, is the worst slate of the entire year. Which, for all of those reasons, and mainly because I cannot contain myself, I'm just going to name off. I'm not going to talk about them at all. I'm just going to name off a couple of the games for week four. And next week, after we recap week three, we're going to do a full deep dive into so many of these games. Because next week's going to be a little bit longer for pod. Because next week, week four, the slate is just stacked. So let me just, let me just get into a couple of these, okay? Ole Miss, Alabama. Florida State, Clemson. Colorado, Oregon. UCLA, Utah. Oregon State, Washington State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Iowa, Penn State, and that's just a couple. I, I don't want to go through the rest. This, the week is stacked. Michael, I, I know you can agree, but again, I don't want to get into that till next yeah. episode. It's just, I, I just can't contain myself. But let's let's wrap things <laughs> up with, with our top 25. Michael, as per last week, you know, you went first, so you know I'm gonna switch it up this week. I'm I'm gonna give my top okay. 25 first, and um, I'm not gonna give much reasoning, just you know for time reasons and all that. But I'll just go. Yeah. So got a little bit of a, of a switch. I um, instead of Fresno State, I have Kansas, rounding out okay. my top 25 at 25. 24, I got Iowa. 23, I got Washington State. 22, I got Miami. 21, I got North Carolina. Number 20, I have Colorado. 19, I have Duke. 18, Oklahoma. 17, Oregon State. 16, Utah. 15, Kansas State. 14, LSU. I was hinting at what I'm about to say, you know, when we were talking about a couple minutes ago. Number 13 in the country, I have Ole Miss. I was very impressed Mm. against how they finished that game. First, a great team in Tulane. Didn't have Michael Pratt, but... Very, very impressed by that. Then I have Tennessee at 12, Oregon at 11, Alabama at 10, Notre Dame at 9, Washington at 8, Ohio State at 7, USC at 6, Penn State at 5, Texas at 4, Florida State at 3, Michigan at 2, Georgia at 1. So nothing too crazy. I'm really high on Penn State. And Ole Miss right now. Michael, I'm interested to see what you got. What's your, what's your top 25 looking like this week? All right. Also, before I get to I almost forgot. I don't know how I forgot. You know, I didn't end up going to this game. Most people probably didn't see it. But that JMU-UVA game, that was crazy. Okay. That was I, pretty crazy. I, I got to talk about JMU every time they play because I do go here. Okay. I go to JMU. Again, if y'all didn't know. Uh, like, they got up. JMU got up big early. UVA bounced back. They got up real high. And then with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, they had a rain delay. Um, and after about like an hour and a half, the game came back. And it was super weird. Like, you know, JMU is like 40 minutes away from uh, the UVA campus. Um, so most of the people like didn't like leave. Uh, you know, they stayed in uh, Charlottesville, or if they did come back, they just went back once, like, kind of announced or something like that, uh, but most people just stayed, and it was super odd, despite it being in, you know, Charlottesville, there were, which, a game that was already um, a bit 
lopsided, like, you know, what you'd expect. You'd expect about 50-50. It was, I mean, or less than, you know, or not 50-50. You'd expect more uh, UVA people than JMU. It was 50-50. And after that uh, rain delay, there was more JMU fans there than UVA fans. Uh, and, like, you listen to all the players talk about it. Um, that was, like, a big reason. Like, they, they credit the fact that all the JMU fans were still there, you know? And that that made an impact that like them coming out of the locker room and hearing that roar gave them energy, you know, because they were kind of like stuck in the mud and then they come out and they just like ran it up and down. I mean, it was great. But my top 25, I start at number 25. I have UCLA. They were not ranked last week, but they're here now at 24. I have um, the Washington State Cougars with their upset victory over Wisconsin. At 23, I have Colorado. Um, I thought they looked pretty good, especially in that second half against Nebraska. At 22, I have the Iowa Hawkeyes. Man, that defense is legit. If they can figure it out on offense, you know. And it's really down to play calling now because Kate McNamara looked all right. You know, my opinion. Uh, at 21, I have um, the U, Miami. The U is back. Um, they look very good. I like to see them continue. Also, um, I, prayers out to Cam Kitchens. That was a, a real bad hit. I hope he's doing all yeah, right. That was that was scary um, to watch for real. That was that was that gave me some Ryan Shazier flashbacks, just the way it looked. Yeah. Uh, at 20, I have the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, staying at their spot. At 19, down one spot, though, I have Oklahoma. Um, sure, again, that was a good SMU team, but, you know, I do have to drop them a spot for looking iffy, in my opinion. Uh, they look good. I mean, well, not good. They look, again, they look iffy, but, it, you know, I do look good better. You know, they'll look better throughout the rest of the year. Uh, and no real worries, but Drop down a spot at 18. Uh, a team you were real high on. I have Ole Miss up one wow. spot. Wow, wow, okay. Couldn't I couldn't have them fly up my board after a, a win that against a two lane team again without their best player, but they couldn't really run the ball and they had to get a bunch of points late. Um, I think they'll be fine, but I just like think that I, I need to see more before I can put them higher, is what I'm trying to say. At eight or seventeen, uh, down one spot, I have North Carolina. Sure, uh, App State is not the best team in the world. Obviously, they're a group of five team that has lost some stuff. Them going to overtime at home against a group of five team is iffy. They very well could have lost that game. However, coming off of a big win against South Carolina, there was a very clear um, letdown spot, which is why I had that App State. At an App State uh, plus 19.5 ticket, it cashed very easily. I never had much of a doubt because I looked at it and said, hey, this is a letdown spot for North Carolina. Uh, they managed to win. Again, good teams managed to win games. Um, at 16, up one spot, I have Oregon State. Man, their offensive line is legit. I told you all this. DJ Uyongle looks really good. Uh, Clemson could really use him, man. Um, they just, they really, oh, you know, and good for DJ that he got out of Clemson. That's what I'm trying to think. Here's another thing. Uh, they kind of really misused him. Uh, at 15, down three spots, I have Tennessee. Uh, I think Tennessee will still be fine. Uh, Joe Millen's got a great arm. He also manages to overthrow and underthrow his receivers multiple times. Uh, Austin Pay is not that good. They have to drop because of it. I think they'll be fine overall. I think they'll also win against Florida, but, you know. Uh, at 14, I have LSU staying where they were. Um, they look pretty good, but they're playing Grambling State, you know. Uh, they have a game against Mississippi State this week. I think that's going to be a big one. I think they should look pretty good. At 13, staying where they are, I have Utah. Um, the Cam Rising, lack of him being there is concerning again though as i've said multiple times this episode so the fact that they managed to win that game against baylor 
which they probably should lose, suggests once Cam Rising comes back, they are, you know, they're real. Uh, now the question is, when will he come back? And how healthy will he look? Though I don't think he can be any worse than the quarterbacks that are there right now. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. At 12, down eight spots, I have Alabama. Um, it did not look good. Their rushing attack, as I've mentioned earlier. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I've said all this earlier in the episode. You can go back and listen to that if you're confused uh, or didn't watch the game, which, you know, what were you watching? At 11, I have Kansas State up four spots. They look really good. Say what you want to say about Troy. What? Yes. That's not ridiculous at all. That is not ridiculous at all. Uh, And Kansas State, you know, uh, they're playing Missouri this week on the road. I think they should win that, you know, confidently. If they don't, then they'll drop. Simple as that. Um, At 10, I have Oregon uh, staying where they are. Um, I'm going to you know, how they looked against Texas Tech is not surprising. Uh, so, yeah. At nine, I have up two spots, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame looks legit. I highlighted that NC State game. Uh, Notre Dame kind of blew them out. Also, it was very weird, that, like, rain delay. Crazy. Yeah, so many rain crazy. delays last week. Uh, at eight, I have Washington up one spot. Uh, big Penix energy, man. At seven, I have Ohio State down one spot. I mean, I have questions on, um, you know, I think they'll be fine. But the fact that again, thirty-five to seven against Youngstown State for me is not enough for that high-powered Ohio State offense. At six, up one spot, I have USC. You know, you can argue who's better, Ohio State, USC. But the simple fact is, you know. Despite neither of them really playing much of anyone, you know, USC is going out there and putting up all this ridiculous amount of points. So I got to put them higher. I mean, Youngs, I mean, they played Stanford this week, who was better than Youngstown State, and they won 56 to 10. You know, so this is not the first week that's happened. Um, at five, I have Penn State staying where they are. Drew Aller is legit. Simple as that. I've, at number four, I have Texas up four spots after beating Alabama on the road. At three, this is a little weird, you know. I have Michigan down a spot. I think really. Look, I thought they looked good. However, they've you know you look at what they've played. They've played uh, uh, ECU and uh, UNLV. UNLV is not. And ECU, both of them, are not good group of five teams right now. In the past, ECU has. ECU's in a transition year. They lost their starting quarterback. Um, and obviously, this Michigan State defense is legit. I have some questions on their offense right now. Now, Jim Harbaugh's not there, so say whatever you want. Where's Dylan Edwards? Dylan Edwards has been kind of a no-show, and he was a big part of their offense last year. Also, the fact is... Wait, wait, I mean, wait. wait. Did, did, do you mean Donovan? Don- yeah, yeah, I didn't forget week one. Yeah, I didn't I didn't forget that when I accidentally said Carson. Just just remember that, but continue. continue. Yeah. All right, whatever. Well, I guess I was you know, confusing him for a better running back. Donovan Edwards, six carries for nine yards on the world. What are we doing? Especially behind uh, that line. It's kind of scary, his regression this year. Yeah. And the fact that the game against ECU... I mean, it was 30 to 3, and then they kind of just like got up and then stopped scoring. Uh, they scored less points. Now, they gave up. They, they gave up less than them, but they scored less points against uh, ECU than Marshall did. Marshall won this week against ECU 31 to 13. So, um, two, I have Florida State. Um, I just think after two weeks, Florida State, I mean, I think. You know, the comp, how I do these lists is a combination of both what I've seen and what I think of their teams. And the fact is that Florida State has looked really good. Um, and I think they've looked better than Michigan. And at number one, I have Georgia. Uh, they looked really good against Ball State. Say whatever you want to say about Ball State, but a Ball State is a good group of five team. You know, maybe not the best team in the MAC. I think that's Toledo. But, you know. And for again the Georgia team that's dealing with a lot of injuries, not mission too and all that. I know, I know. 
But I think, you know, whatever you want to say about Georgia and Michigan, beating a team 45-3 to is better than beating a team 35-7. to no, uh, So, yeah, those are my thoughts for our top 25. Again, the graphics will be out on the socials. Make sure you follow them and give the socials a peek. Uh, you know, they're going to be real nice. Uh, so that's our episode. Make sure, again, to also follow the socials. Remember the giveaway. Toby, what are you going to say about our sponsor? You know, once again, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Pliant Outlet. You know, a great store run by great people. You know, yeah. and they're believing in us. And, you know, it's just, it's it's great to see. I'm really honored. You know, this, this podcast, as me and Michael say every episode, we're going to continue it because it really is. It's a dream come true to be able to do this. And, you know, big, big things are ahead. You know, I, I like, I like ending the episode with Michael's going to have more cold takes. I'm going to have all the good takes yet again next week, no, just okay. like this week. And the weeks before, you know. Uh, the weeks before. Remember when you said that uh, Fresno State was a top 25 team? Remember, and then, remember when you said they were that better than Tulane? That Texas Tech was going to win seven and a half games. Remember that? Hey, that hasn't, that hasn't not came sure yet. Um, no, that definitely has a chance. But uh, Fresno State, I mean, they had a battle at home against Eastern Washington. You know, and you really loved when they, you really loved when they beat uh, Purdue. Uh which also, speaking of Purdue, one last thing, man, that Purdue Virginia Tech game, you know, I had some friends that went to that game. Uh, Six hour game, delay, like, it was crazy. Yeah, started at twelve, ended at like eight. Crazy, absolutely crazy. But um, yeah, in all seriousness, though, thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, to any new listeners, we're glad you're here. Um, and yeah, big big things coming, Michael. You have anything else to say? Uh, no, just uh, thank you for listening, and make sure you share with your friends. All right, goodbye.